Hello and welcome to Coffee Chat with Dream Life Creators, a podcast where we inspire, motivate, encourage, but also give you practical tips to live your dream life here and now. I am your host, Alinka Tercic, and today I am chatting with Debbie Pukorni. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Alenka. And we will be talking about how to live a vibrant life, especially for moms. But before we dive into it, let me tell you, Debbie is responsible for me starting this podcast again, because she was one of the guests in my previous podcast, The Parenting Show, and we stayed in touch, we reconnected, and she interviewed me for her show. So, and I remembered, yeah, this is so much fun, I want to do it again. So <laughs> she's, the one, she's the one that pushed me gently uh, and you know excitingly <laughs> into this adventure to start the coffee chats again uh so debbie hello again hello you know i like to think that i reminded you yeah exa <laughs> what exactly you exactly <laughs> yeah you you were a great uh host and you know it really brought that feeling of yeah i enjoyed doing this i really love talking with these amazing people, I get so much wisdom out of it and so much joy. So I better start doing it again. And here I am. We are on the episode 15 already. Can oh you my gosh. That? Yes. Well, you are a natural. And I knew that, which is why I wanted you on my show. So I'm very happy that you're back doing this again. Thank you so much. I really love doing it. So back to you, as I always tell, uh, about my previous parenting coaching business, you are still doing this, almost the same thing. You're still, your target niche or target audience are moms who want to stay vibrant, uh, who want to reconnect with themselves because, you know, when we, when we become mothers or parents, we, we kind of take focus onto kids and, you know, learning all about there is about parenting and growing kids and helping kids and, you know, our, our life rewards around kids. So yes. tell us about what being a vibrant mom or vibrant woman or person means for you. And of course, how we, we can we can do that. <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting because I think that being vibrant to me and, and not just vibrant, but powerful as well, really is about tuning in to who you are, who you're meant to be, what kind of things are getting in your way, and what you can do to change that if you want to. So to me, it really is about being on your path of evolution. And when you're on that path, you feel fantastic, even though you still have bad days, you still yeah, have days where you don't even want to get out of bed, <laughs> you know, but for the most part, you know, you can handle it. You feel good about your life. You feel not in control of your life as in, you know, you can stop things from happening, but you just know you have this sense, this strong connection with your resiliency and this knowledge that you can handle whatever life throws your way. And so to me, that's a big part of being vibrant. It's being awake and tuned in to what's going on. Awesome. And for me, being not non-native speaker, it's always interesting how we interpret words because vibrant for me is like, you know, being 
full of life and they're energetic. And you're talking here about the inner wisdom and power. And it's, it's not that it doesn't fit together, but it's completely different what I expect, <laughs> expected yes. uh, from you. But you know, it's interesting, Alenka, because really that's the same thing. Like when people come to me because they're struggling with their child, they want me to fix their child or to give them ways that they can fix their child. And it takes a little bit of finesse, but I have to help them open their eyes to the fact that it is about changing them. It is about them tuning in to where they're um, using their power wisely to what they're doing in their life. So it's neat that you say that because the two are absolutely tied together. It's just that we don't look, we often look at the surface. It's kind of like a plant. We look at the plant with the flowers and really the root system underneath is what's critical to that plant looking good yeah that happened to me a lot in my in my parenting days and yeah we actually look at the result instead of the cause and yes kids are always the reflection of us mm. unfortunately uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately <laughs> sometimes the copy of us so yeah uh, and how do you suggest or how do you help moms and I, I assume here that you're you're working mostly with moms but I guess you, you also have that in in your practice but how can we really tune into this inner wisdom and trust ourselves because what I uh, learned again back in the days that you know Again, it's all information out there and the doctor says, says this and that doctor says that and the parents are telling you something and, you know, everyone is telling you how to raise a child mm -hmm. and although they mean well, but how do you stay true to yourself and really trust that, that, your, that your inner wisdom that, you know, you know what to do and how to react or how to act in certain situations and how you want your child to be. Yes, and I mean, that is a very big question. And interestingly enough, I do um, put out my show as Vibrant Powerful Moms. I get a lot of women now, especially that are coming to me that say, you know what, I'm, I'm not a mother and I don't know if I ever will be a mother. <laughs> Can you still work with me? And I get dads as well who come and because it's all about tuning in to who you are as a person and to living your best life. So even when we're, we're talking about helping our kids, we're always focusing first on, on who we are and how we can, how we can grow as a person. So when it comes to your inner wisdom, to me, there's, there's probably more than um, one piece to this. We start with intuition, with really just hearing that voice that's there to guide us and to help us. And then it kind of, um, I'm going to say it has like a scale, but I don't want people to think that you have to graduate through scales because you don't. But my point is, is that when you get to the level of inner wisdom, that's where you are totally open to your own connection to the divine. 
And I'm not talking about religion here at all. I'm talking about understanding that we all have two parts to us. We have that um, part of us that is our ego, that is our human side, that feels a lot of fear, that reacts out of fear, that gets us in a lot of trouble, really, because we let the ego often run the show when the ego really isn't equipped to run the show. That would be like having your pet dog run the house. They're not able to, as cute as they are, as sweet as they are, they're they do not sometimes. <laughs> oh, they will, they will um, upset the house, but they're not able yeah. to run the house properly. And people, yeah. I mean, you can see yeah. that in a second, right? Yeah. So that's your, your side, one side of yourself. And then the other is that side that's connected to the divine. And we have as a, as a whole, a lot of us have been taught to disconnect from that part of ourselves and then you know it, religion has confused a lot of us the schools confuse us the messages we're getting all the time have confused us so my point is this that when you take a step back and you really just start to listen to the voices in your head I usually tell people write down take one one episode in a day and write it down where you were given some kind of a message so you had a voice it could be something you hear you might see a picture you might smell something it it doesn't have to be through hearing but i usually use it as a thought because it's the simplest way to have people follow me okay so notice the thought you're having and write it down and if when you write it down you would give it punctuation like you'd put an exclamation mark or you would put um, you would bold it or you would italicize it or you would underline it or you'd write it in full caps then it's your human side which is your inner critic okay that is actually sending you that message so if you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you hear watch out and you would write it like that that's your inner critic the side the fear side that's connected to your ego that is telling you that so be more careful drive more slowly smarten up those messages all have emotion attached to them and so they're all your inner critic but when you're driving down that same road and you hear a, a very calm voice say to you look out and you know or look to your left or look over there or whatever and you do it and suddenly there's a, a I don't know let's say a, a ball rolling towards your car that it a, I don't know a child whatever it is a car coming at you that's gonna hit you and you see it and then you're able to react your heart still goes a mile a minute you're still scared in that moment but the point is you wouldn't have given any punctuation to what your inner or what your inner wisdom or your intuition told you because it isn't vested in you doing what it tells you to do. It's there to guide you. It's there to help you. But you learn something from absolutely every experience in your life. So it doesn't, it just loves you. It just wants you to be there and have an experience rather than judge everything as good or bad or you shouldn't have or you should have or all of those should things that we do to ourselves. And so the inner critic will judge you the inner our intuition does not and so I tell people if you just write it down even a few times you'll start to realize that it's that little voice that says bring your umbrella right that is just your intuition saying you'll be more comfortable you'll have a more fun day if you take your umbrella right 
And so it's just, it's very um, interesting to me because most of us have an inner critic that is so loud and talking to us so much and judging us. I told you, you should bring your umbrella, but it really wasn't the inner critic that said it. It's just judging us. And then we can't hear our intuition. So when it comes to kids, that's really what it's all about is taking that, that step back. And when you hear, go easy on him. For example, you might hear because you're really, really mad at something your child did because it embarrassed you, for example. We really react badly if our child yeah. embarrasses us, right? And so if you, if you hear that, go easy on him, that's where you want to take a breath and kind of go, that's my intuition. So what is it here? And that might be where you stop and you might, you know, crouch down and you might say to your child, come here. What's going on? And that's where your child tells you the real truth that someone was picking on him or, you know, he beat up that kid. He got in a fight with that kid because um, that that other child was making fun of his sister or whatever. And now you can get that true story because you don't go in and just attack. Okay. Right. So that's a very long answer but there's so much to it. Um, it I hope it made sense. <laughs> no, no, it made perfect sense. And I love this exercise or because, yeah, we, we are not used or not taught to, be, to listen to our intuition. We are always you know, looking for logical ways, for rational answers. And when you hear something or feel something or you, you just dismiss it or you just, you know, you're not even hearing it in whatever shape or form, but you're not paying attention, you're not uh, registering what, what it's saying. And I, I agree with you, if you, we just tune into, into this, we are so uh, much more powerful. And it's interesting because, you know, again, we are talking here about the power, but the more calm we are, the more powerful we become, not the Absolutely. other way around, you know, we, you, would, you would expect from our experiences you know those with loud voices and you know being bold and you know gesturing a lot those are you know the powerful figures in our in our lives so uh yeah and I, this is really an internal power right so yeah. it's very different from that power over i'm going to make you afraid so that you listen to me yeah, but that power is based on fear or, you know, on the pressure or whatever. It's not the real power over you or of you. It's, it's just kind of artificial. I, I don't know which word to use, but, you know, it's really like the position that, you know, someone holds or, or it's, it's not influencing you in any way if you are powerful within. Yes. Absolutely. That is key to how you react. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So if we go back, how can people listen more to their intuition? And I know that you said, okay, you know, be quiet, write down your, your, what voices are telling you, but this sounds like, a, you know, <laughs> some crazy voices in your head, which are definitely not. So how can we learn to listen more to this to really get to the point where where we hear it you know i think that for a lot of us like what happens i'll go back to the umbrella incident right where you you hear this gentle take your umbrella you don't do it 
you don't take it. And then it starts to pour rain while you're like halfway from the car to the store, whatever. And you think, oh, I knew I should have done this. So you start kind of beating yourself up instead of taking that second and going, that was my intuition. And so what I like to teach people to do is to start noticing those little things so that when they happen, you actually listen to them more. And you don't beat yourself up now. You just go, oh, that was my intuition. And you'll start to notice that when you ignore your intuition, you often regret it. In fact, you always regret it, right? Um, Whereas you can ignore your inner critic and you actually often will feel better about things, right? So a big trick to it is to start differentiating these two things. And then usually I help people to learn how to turn down their inner critic, how to get their inner critic on board to support them. You know that saying, and I'm not sure if you have it where you live, but we have a saying here about if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Yeah. Yeah, Is that okay? Same, yes. Yeah. So it's that with your inner critic, I often teach people how they can get their uh, inner critic to speak nicely to them, to support them. And so once you start playing with these two pieces, and and, um, you don't even have to write it down. If, If writing down makes it feel like a chore to you, don't. Just start to notice the difference between the two. And then, I mean, there's all kinds of different tips for turning down your inner critic. But the more you turn it down and awaken to your intuition, the easier it will be for you to start using that as a resource. And when you get to the point that you can actually ask questions, that's where you're starting to connect with your higher self. You're getting into the inner wisdom category. And that's where you have access to not just the information that you learned in this lifetime, um, but stuff from all your lifetime, stuff from everybody. I mean, things that you learn is being processed by your soul group and your soul group is somehow connected to my soul group. That's why we're connected in this lifetime. And so that wisdom that you figure out comes to me too through my inner wisdom if I'm open to it. So it's amazing how we're all working together. And and that's really what where it all starts is with just to finding, figuring out the difference between the intuition and the inner critic. And I think a big part, part of that is having tips and tools and ideas for, say, things like decreasing stress. Because when we're super stressed, our inner critic gets louder and louder and louder, right? And because we want to tune that down, we need to have lots of tools for how do we decrease that stress. Staying connected to our resiliency is going to really help us to be able to hear our intuition and inner wisdom because resiliency is our knowledge that we can handle whatever life throws our way. And when you feel that way, you can push fear aside. And when you push fear aside, it's so much easier to hear your intuition instead of your inner critic. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a circle. Uh, yes. But how do you, how do you uh, what's your tip to help people with, you said, you know, when we are learning to do this, when we are tuning in, uh, there are a lot of internal struggles, you know, you don't know who, like a, you know, the angel and the devil on your shoulder, <laughs> shoulders and yeah. 
you, at least I was feeling kind of lost, you know, not really trusting my intuition yet and having, you know, ego and inner critic even louder because I was steering away of the, of the norm or from my habits, the old thinking, the patterns and everything. So it was, it was hard to shift, you know, from one to another. Yes. And I have to say, I've been doing this now for mm, over 20 years and I'm pretty practiced. My inner critic is no longer a critic. It's a support system for me. I use my intuition. My, I access my inner wisdom all the time. I talk with my higher self, you know, so I've got, I've got it all going and I still experience moments where I either fully ignore my intuition. Like I'll, I'll share a little story with you if you like. Yes, yeah, sure. um, Just the other day, I was I had a, a number of things to do, and I I took some cloths. I was going to do laundry, and I put them in a sink, and I turned the water on in the sink and put some stuff in it. They had to soak, and then I walked out of the room, and the dog started barking. So I went and I looked at what the dog was barking at, and I went up to my bedroom uh, after I settled them down, and I got the rest of my laundry, and I brought it down, and I'm sorting the laundry, and my intuition, which. Uh, for whatever reason I didn't recognize at the moment, said to me, what's that noise? And the noise was coming from my office. And I kind of listened to the noise briefly and I thought, huh, I don't know what it is. And my intuition said, there isn't a fan on because my first thought was maybe it's a fan. And I thought, no, there isn't a fan on. But I kept sorting my laundry and then my intuition said to me, you should check that noise. And I went, yeah, okay, I'm just going to finish doing this. And I finished doing that. And I came in and here I had left the water running. And so the sink was now right full, overflowing. But thankfully, there's another sink right beside it. And it overflowed into the other sink. So disaster averted. But what a beautiful reminder to me, who teaches this, who (laughs) is fully aware, to say to myself, okay, that was your intuition that was telling you gently. I mean, it didn't have a vested interest one way or the other and a cloth could have plugged the other sink and it could have overflowed and made a huge mess. Thankfully, that didn't all happen. But the point is that I had still ignored my intuition. So I still have times where sometimes it's a trust issue where I don't fully trust. And you're right, trust is a key piece to this. And so it, it's kind of an individual thing. Sometimes with people, they'll have trouble trusting and it'll turn out that I'll work with them for just a few minutes and realize that there's something getting in the way of them trusting and loving themselves. And so we'll end up having to work on that and removing a block that might be a wound to their inner child. It's not even, you know, it's not even yeah. anything Usually that they're conscious of. Yeah. yeah. And then once you do that, they're able to then connect better with themselves and love themselves better. And then from that, trust can build and then they start trusting this voice more. But it's hard. And I think one of the reasons it's so hard is when you prevent something, and this is a story of my life. I'm a social worker who focuses on prevention, right? When you prevent something from happening, you never know if for sure it was going to happen. Right. And so then it's very hard to use that as your measure for why you do things, because people want 
proof. They want, like you said, the logical mind says, if you can't scientifically prove this, then it, it doesn't matter. And it's like, well, it really, really does. Because <laughs> that's how you keep that connection with your intuition and your inner wisdom flowing is by recognizing, wow, I have prevented this from happening. And people go, well, you don't know. You can't say you prevented a car accident because you got your tire changed, you know, and, and, and it was going to blow out. You don't yeah. know. It might never have yeah. had a blowout. But you can believe it. And the more you believe that, the more you take, um, take your power back from that kind of thinking and you say, you know what, I did. I diverted a disaster there. I prevented that from happening or a something bad from happening. That strengthens your connection to your intuition and inner wisdom. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> easy, <laughs> easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, what about making your inner, inner critic a friend? Like you said, yes. now it's your ally in the in your in your business in your life. You know how how do you uh, convert it? Yes. Well, uh, there is a step by step process, and I actually uh, talk about this in in a couple. I think of my vibrant, powerful mom show because there's so much to it that a person can't take it all in at once. So the first thing I do is I have people become aware of their inner critic and give it a name. I okay. tell them, don't give it a name of someone that you know, even <laughs> though it might sound like someone that you know, don't do that. Because when you do, you're giving your power away to that person. You're making them way more powerful than they are because you're giving them space in your head and you're, you're giving them a connection, a direct line to you. And it's not even them doing it. It's you, right? right. So I suggest people find a name. And, and typically I use names like Naggy, Snarky, Wannabe. Okay, so they're not uh, real names. They're not real names. But if, you're, if you want to call yours Joe and you don't have a person named Joe in your life that you're connecting it to, that's fine. You can give it a real name. And I've certainly had people, I had a dear friend who called hers Ivy. And that just worked for her. And, and so that was the name. So you can do that. But just make sure it's not someone you know. And so once you've given it a name, you can actually start talking to it. So when suddenly Nagy, you know, starts saying to you, um, uh, you know, you could have made that sink flow all over. What a mess you would have made. This is terrible. You know, you can say, Nagy, stop. There is no disaster. I've learned from it. It's okay. And so you're actually, it's almost like you're soothing a friend or I like to, I often tell people, it's like you're a eccentric aunt that comes to visit. <laughs> it's, it's totally crazy in so many ways. And, and you just, you still want to treat her with love and respect because she's your aunt. And that's the same with Nagy. Nagy really is trying to keep you safe. That's what that's what your inner critic is doing because your ego is always in a state of fear until you start to tie everything together. And then you can get to a place where you're not in fear. And so then you can even start pointing out to yourself and to Nagy when you do something and you, you divert disaster because that helps you to stay connected with your resiliency. So, so now you say, Nagy, look how great this worked out. It overflowed into the other sink and it didn't flood. And this is awesome. And I'm going to celebrate it, you know, 
that I, it turned out okay. And so as you're doing that, Nagy calms down, just like that child or that eccentric aunt who's trying to get under your skin. But when it doesn't upset you, when instead you just say, it's okay. Thank you. Thank you for trying to protect me. It's okay. I'm all right now. In both cases, we just need to appreciate and acknowledge and really, you know, bring it to boundaries. Yeah. Appreciate, acknowledge and set really clear boundaries for Nagy. You may not talk to me that way. You know, don't talk. And it's the same boundaries. It's interesting because when you practice this, these are the same things that you sometimes have to say to other people. I don't like when you talk to me that way. When you treat me this way, you can't. I won't be around you if you're going to treat me like this. And you're doing the same thing with Nagy. You're just simply wow. saying, you know, this is not okay. And okay. she will start to listen. Sometimes you do have to use um, people before how to make her uh, shrink down disappear you know maybe send her pack her bags and send her on a holiday and tell her then you may come back when you're ready to talk nicely to me oh you wow know? yeah and the thing is, is she's back really fast because she you know <laughs> but the point is you're setting a clear boundary just like you do with your kids Same yeah like, like sending your kids to, to the room Yes, yes. And saying that that behavior is not okay. There's going to be consequences. And then putting them clearly in place. It's all the same kind of stuff. Just here, you're actually separating out your inner critic a little bit so that you can see her objectively and you can quiet her down. So, so you can ask her to support your intuition. When you hear my intuition, you know, poke me, let me know. That's your intuition. You should listen. It gives her a job to do and it gets her now on your side. So mine is now one of my bigger cheerleaders. Okay. And at the moment I, when I, with the sink, she didn't pipe up, but she did go, whoa, that could have been a major disaster. And I said, yes, but it wasn't, you know, and I've, I'm reminded to, to listen to my intuition. And then Maggie is like, way to go right on what a great outcome and then she knows to use gratitude so my inner critic now is going i'm so grateful for this that's my inner critic talking so it just it makes life much more enjoyable when your inner critic stops being the critic and starts being your biggest fan so you should so. stop call her inner critic right you know I guess you could, but I like, when, when you're talking about boundaries, I don't like to get hung up on words. So I don't see the, the name inner critic yeah. as a bad thing. I just ask her to, to change her role within that. But you're right. I'm probably at a point where she should be called my inner support crew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her something. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So uh, you, you told us before, I told uh, everyone that you have a show powerful vibrant show where vibrant, you vibrant for moms where you discuss all of this and more and where can people learn more and you also have a gift for us so tell us about this okay vibrant powerful moms which you know you should say i have incredible guests on there too 
because yeah. you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah. So what I usually do is I, I do an interview every second week, although sometimes I do it differently. Like for Mother's Day month, I called it. It was all mothers um, and all interviews. But the point is they can go to my website is probably the easiest way. And that's empowering NRG. So it's three letters. NRG stands for natural realistic guidance. So empoweringenergy.com. And there's a tab there for my podcast, which has a beautiful widget that has all my podcasts on it. So they can scroll through there. It's also on iTunes. It's just, uh, and it actually it's on 90 different stations because it plays out on Transformation Talk Radio. So you can find it in a lot of places. Um, iTunes is tricky because I, I launched the podcast first by myself and then switched to Transformation Talk Radio. So there's two sets there. Oh, okay. But People can go to my website, empoweringnrg.com, and they can uh, see the podcast. They can, there's a blog with each podcast, and it has a little bit about it, plus the, um, the podcast plays at the top of the blog. So lots of ways that they can get it. And on my website as well, there are quite a few different freebies, but my favorite one, I think, for your audience would be the secrets to living a vibrant life. And I share five different secrets that they can use to just help um, reconnect to some of the things that will help them to hear their intuition more because they'll calm down their stress and they'll learn some breaths to get oxytocin flowing. And there's just lots of great things in there. So I've actually created a bit.ly link for that. You can find it on my yeah. website. I also have a blog post like you you have, so I always put a link uh, on my blog post on the live uh, streaming, so I'm sure okay. people will find it, and I love your gift because that's what, what we all need, right? Well, it's a place to start, and then from there, we can take it as far yeah. as people want, if, if they want to do more. So, yeah. I mean, to me, that's part of the awakening. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, thank you for being my guest and thank you for inspiring me uh, to start my own show. Uh, I, really, I really can't thank, thank you enough uh, because this is so exciting. Uh, and I hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. Yeah, oh, I, I'm so happy that you're, <laughs> you're doing your show and I'm so happy to be connected with you. So awesome. thank you. Awesome, thank you again. I am Alinka Tercic, and this was a coffee chat with Dream Life creators. Talk next week. Bye.